I was in the bedroom with one of the attackers and he was on the bed and rolling me over onto my stomach and he tied up my hands. And I think that was the moment when I realized that I was going to be raped. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Sean Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. And we're going to talk about real people who have real problems, but they found answers and a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how to overcome huge traumatic events in your life through the power of faith. What do you do when you run into a situation that leaves you mentally and emotionally damaged and so traumatized that you feel like your life is ruined? Today, we will have Hetty Brits who was gruesomely raped from criminals, but was able to overcome this horrible trauma. Hetty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Evangelist Don. Hetty, thank you so much for coming and sharing this really, you know, private, personal testimony with us. And I really believe it's going to help so many. And I understand you're living in South Africa at the time and that you were married and you had children and then bam, criminals barge into your house in the middle of the night. Tell us about what happened. Yes, it happened around 2 o'clock one morning while my husband was working late in his recording studio and four armed robbers climbed through a window, put a gun to his head, tied him up and told him to bring them to me. I was asleep and the first thing I was aware of was just the covers being pulled off of my body and I heard somebody say wake up and then I saw my husband tied up at the end of the bed with three men surrounding him and he just said honey these men are here to take our stuff and we will give them everything they want but in the name of Jesus they will not harm us. Mm-hmm. And then he said very wise words. He said, close your eyes and he doesn't look at their faces. And the last thing I saw before I closed my eyes was a fourth man standing next to the bed with a gun to my head. Oh my gosh. How terrifying. So your eyes are closed. What happened next? Well, the next thing I was aware of was just this man rolling me over onto my stomach and he pulled my wedding ring off with his teeth mm-hmm. from my finger and he's tied up my hands and then he pulled me up onto my feet and he said, where are your phones? Where are your computers? And then came two hours of just ransacking the house, taking everything of value. Oh my gosh. I am sure that was so scary as a mother of young children. You must have been worried about them during this whole time. Yes, I was constantly praying that they would sleep. And it became apparent fairly quickly that these men had no intention of involving the kids, for which, of course, I praised God. But at the same time, they didn't wear gloves, they didn't wear gloves. When I didn't want to look at their faces, they tapped me under my chin and said, look at me, look at me. And I felt that we would probably be killed because they were not trying to hide their identities, which meant that they did not think we would ever be able to identify them. Oh, no. So you were thinking they were going to kill you. And I understand that they took your husband out of the room and you were left alone with one of the robbers. Well, my hands were just tied behind my back and I was in the bedroom with one of the attackers and I had called under the bed just to look as harmless as possible. And he was on the bed packing everything he wanted to take. And so all these thoughts go through your mind of, we should have had burglar bars, we should have had an alarm system because we know South Africa isn't safe. You know, you're in the dust, 
in your pajamas, under your bed, you're so unsafe. And I think that was the moment when I realized that I was going to be raped. And I understand your realization became true, which is so sad and it's, it's horrible. I am so sorry that it happened to you. You must have been so traumatized. What were you thinking afterwards? Well, my immediate concern was that I would be infected with HIV mm. or AIDS. That was my first concern. So I knew I needed medical assistance. I didn't know if my kids were asleep. I knew the little one was. I didn't know about the others. I wanted to go see if they were okay. I didn't know where my husband was because I didn't know he was kidnapped. So I crawled out from under the bed. I was able to untangle the shoelaces that held my hands. And I checked on the kids. They were okay. And I was so relieved. Then I ran around the house <laughs> to see if they had killed my husband and put him in, you know, somewhere in the bushes. Or I didn't know what to expect, really. And then I saw our car was gone. And I realized that he had been kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And then I made a call, our equivalent of 911, uh, our emergency services, and I, I directed them to where I thought the perpetrators may have taken my husband to probably go to an automatic teller machine to draw some money. And then I called an ambulance service and said, I have been raped, and what do I do now? Wow. And then, of course, I knew that somebody needed to stay with my kids while I went to the hospital for treatment and obviously make statements to the police. And I had a very sweet neighbor right across the street from me, so my intention was to go and wake her up and ask her to be with my kids. And I was still physically intact enough to drive and just as I crossed the street to wake up my neighbor, my husband came running down the street barefooted and I was so relieved that he was still alive because I was so convinced that they were going to kill him and so was he. And then he told me that he had been kidnapped and he wanted to know whether I was okay. And of course, there's that temptation not to talk about it because maybe if I don't say anything, it'll just go away. That's how we all feel. I think that's how a lot of rape victims feel is I can't talk about this. Right. But I knew that the secret would come out at some point, and how do I explain the need to go to a hospital? So oh. I told him what happened, and just a miracle happened in his heart. And he said, honey, maybe I will feel differently about this later, but I'm going to stay calm now so that you and I can do the right thing. Oh. And he took me into the house, and he said he felt we needed to kneel, and he prayed for me. And he had grown up in a very broken home, and he had had to forgive people who did horrible things to him. And that made him aware of the importance of forgiveness. And he said, honey, we need to forgive these men right now. Otherwise, this thing will devastate us. We need to do it now. And to this day, I'm so grateful that he was able to do that, because if he went into Rambo mode and he went bitter and he went angry, it probably would have cost us our marriage. Oh, and I will never forget what he prayed. He prayed, Lord, it says in your word that you make all things work together for good for those who love you. Not all things except the rape, but all things. And we have no idea how you are able, but you will be able. And we stand on this promise that you will even make this work together for our good. Oh. and for your glory. And over the past seven years, because that's how long ago this happened, almost eight years, God has done so much good through this, and we were able to help others walk through similar trauma, and we were able to see even this perpetrator come to a better place in his own life. Wow. Okay, so forgiving immediately was your secret to overcoming the trauma you had gone through? Most people would not do that. They would not respond, 
like your husband did either. You know, I mean, I understand that you've experienced true freedom from the situation, but I didn't think you would say it was from an immediate act of forgiveness. This is phenomenal. What would you say to that person who cannot overcome the trauma they're still feeling from an event that happened to them even so long ago in their lives? Do not let this become your identity. It'll always be part of your history, but it does not need to define who you are, identity. All the enemy can ever touch is your body. Your soul and your spirit are off limits, and you can make the choice not to let it sit right in the center of who you are. And yes, it does affect our body, and yes, it does affect our emotions for a while, but there comes a day when you can take that back and say, there were some things I could not stop, but I can stop the enemy or a person from taking and taking and taking more and more of my joy and my freedom. And we need to identify fear as the enemy and say, I will go out at night. I will be home alone. I will live in the same house. If you can, try and stand up against all the other things that could potentially be taken from you mm-hmm. that you have control over. Okay, so I think we're all wondering, did you have any diseases transmitted to you? And what happened to the people who caused this horrible situation, the people that you forgave in your heart? Yes, I was healthy. And one of these perpetrators were shot during another robbery. And two of them are in prison right now. Mm. And the fourth has never been track. But I've had the opportunity to face my perpetrator and offender dialogue in prison. Mm. And I was able to ask the questions I wanted to ask and also to take messages to him from my mom and dad, things that they would have wanted to say to him. And also to learn more about his life journey and his experiences of that night and the horrible life that he lived and is living and he will not be set free in the next few decades. He will pay for what he has done. But it was a wonderful opportunity to talk to him about the meaning of life and to share truth. Wow, that is true forgiveness right there. When you can minister and understand the person who sinned against you so bad, Hetty, incredible. Thank you, thank you so much for being so vulnerable with us on the show. I know someone's life is going to be changed because of you today. Thanks so much for being on our show. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we are going to go deeper on what you just heard. So what's your thoughts on this? I mean, for me, how could her husband have responded like that? And that's maybe what you're thinking. 
Because maybe you're thinking, if that happened to my spouse, I'm going to go and get crazy revenge, okay? But her husband was processing things at a higher level. I'm sure he felt that emotion first, but he was processing things at a very high biblical spiritual level. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, the Bible verse is pointing to a supernatural power that comes when you forgive your offenders. What does that mean? You see, the Bible says that you're going to be forgiven if you forgive. But that word forgiven means that he's going to send forth something, not just forgiveness, but wholeness and healing. Sometimes you might think, well, I don't want that. I want justice. But my friend, justice is not going to bring healing. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, you would give us the supernatural revelation in Jesus' mighty name, that the answer for us is not to hold on to the offenses, but to forgive and to let go. Jesus, we let it go right now. And Jesus, we receive what you're sending forth to us. We receive your healing. We receive your peace, O God, and we receive you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. See you next time.